0: Uh, gentleness in this particular scripture is in the New Testament which means the original language is, is Greek. And so when you go back to the Greek word used in the New Testament, the word gentleness literally means strength under control. Gentleness means In the scriptures, strength under control. It's not weakness. It is strength that is under control. In fact, when it was used in the scripture, the word was used to describe a wild stallion that had been tamed or broken. So they had these stallions that were wild. And what they would do is they would bring the stallion's strength under control. So the tame stallion had as much power and energy as when it was wild. But it could now be controlled and made useful for its master. To be gentle does not mean to be weak or wimpy. It means to have strength, but to have it under control. Interestingly though, only two people in the Bible were called gentle. Only two. Jesus and Moses. And neither of them were weak men. Both were strong, masculine men. Men don't like to be gentle because they think it's a sign of weakness. But women want men to be gentle. But when a man thinks of gentleness, he thinks he's being weak. And he wants to be strong. But gentleness is not weakness, it is strength. Under control, strength under control. So remember that. In fact, Philippians 4 4 to 5, the Apostle Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. But we often don't read the other verse. It says, Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. If you are a believer, there's a gentle spirit that ought to be operating in you and in me that people are supposed to experience in our everyday lives. People are supposed to experience gentleness from the child of God. But oftentimes, we are not. You see, gentleness... Then is controlling your reactions to people. It is choosing your own response to people rather than simply reacting to them. And this is going to be very important as we move ahead in this. It is controlling your reaction to people. Especially when injustice has been done. Especially when hurtful things have been said to you. Do you keep your strength under control and operate in gentleness? When someone says something to you that is disrespectful and dishonoring, how do you respond? How do you react? When you're treated unfairly, how do you respond? How do you react? This is when your gentle spirit ought to be made known. But many times, it is our angry side that spills out. So, I'm going to give you some some things to consider as to how we can practice gentleness in our day-to-day living. So, in order to be gentle we need to be understanding not demanding the gentle person is understanding and not demanding we can be we can be too demanding and over demanding when you come into contact with people be understanding Not demanding. In fact, a a, a very common thing that is said is that as you interact with people, seek to understand before being understood. Seek to understand before being understood. Uh, That would save us from judging people and treating people unfairly. To be fair is not to treat everyone the same way. It's to understand people and treat them based on what you understand about them. You can't treat me the same way I treat my wife. It's wrong. Because she has a different emotional makeup background and experience than I have. Like you can shout at me. Because I will shout back. But if you shout at her, she'll probably shut you out. And still do it. But I won't. So you don't shout at me, try to get me to do stuff. But you may say, well, I have to be fair. If I shout at one, I have to shout at the other. That's too demanding. First, take time to understand. Philippians 2 verse 4. It says, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. But with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. This is seeking to understand. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interests of others. That is seeking to understand others. So how do you respond to the people around you? Are you rude and demanding? Are you one of those persons who says well I don't care this is how I am this is who I am I don't care how you feel I just talk in truth. You must do what you're supposed to do. I don't care. This is what you're supposed to do. I don't business if you're sick. This is what you're supposed to do. You just do it and done. I don't care if you're sick. You get paid. You must work. Every day you're sick, 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 sick. think you can't trick me? You're having no idea. Just do what you're supposed to do. What do you do when people turn up late? We can't deal with them, you know. we no, just here for waste people's time. I'm mean, a, I mean, a big man, i mean, a big woman. I not mean, have no time for not time wasters. We never even stop to ask what caused it. Imagine with me when Sister Gian had that accident earlier this week because she was heading somewhere. The person called and said, Where the minute, look how long I wait on you. Without seeking to understand. Remember everyone around you is going through their day too. It's not just you. Just like you have good days and bad days. Other people do too. So begin to look beyond your own needs and agenda. And notice that other people have needs too be understanding not demanding toward people who are around you and see what happens be understanding not demanding number 2 be accepting not rejecting and let me just let me just help you to understand accepting does not mean condoning I accept the person, but I don't condone the action. But we are supposed to accept people. And too often, what happens because we don't like people's action, we reject them. We ought to accept people and reject the action or don't condone the action. But we believe if I accept the person, I'm also condoning the action. It is not so. Jesus accepted all, but he never condoned their actions. And so what did he do? Because he accepted them, he was able to speak into their lives so that their actions could change. The best way to change people's action is to accept them because when you reject them, you lose, watch this, you lose the right to correct, you lose the right to instruct, you lose the right to come, you lose that right when you reject people. So if you want to help people to be better, it starts with accepting them. When a person accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Do you know what happens? They become part of your family. So look around you. You may not like how they look, but if they are born again believers, they are in your family. They may not have as much money as you, but they are in your family. They may not have the kind of job that you have, but they are part of God's family. Which means if you are a child of God, you are related to them through Jesus Christ because it is one blood. They become part of your fellowship. They become part of the body of Christ. The truth is none of us are perfect. So we need to get along. We need to get along. Why? Because you are not perfect. And when you see other people in perfection, you begin to rejoice in the Lord and say, Thank you, Lord God. Because they have imperfections and they have accepted me. So I accept them because I have imperfections too. And they have imperfections, I have imperfections. Thank you, Lord. Because, listen, I've said this to you before. If I were perfect, none of you would be in here. Because I don't want perfect people. The reason why we are in the places that we are is because we are all imperfect. We need to accept one another. Nothing feels worse than being rejected. And nothing feels better than being accepted. Rejection is a serious issue in this life. Like, there are adults now who are rejected by their mother, rejected by their father, felt rejected in the womb, and they have not gotten over it even today. And so that is why when someone... Comes into the family of Christ having experienced salvation, they must be accepted. Romans 15, verse 7 says, Accept one another just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. Why should you accept people? That's maybe a question you ask. Why? Look at them. Look what they have done. You know, you know that. You know what they used to do? Look where they're coming from. You know know some of the stuff that they... How they... Because you don't know. We don't accept people based on their past, their present, or their future. Let me say that again. We are not supposed to accept people based on their past, their present, or their future. Why then? Why should we accept them if it's not based on that? We accept people... Here's why: because we have been accepted by God, and if God has accepted us, then we owe it to others to accept them. You see, God puts up with a lot from us. So look at the person, persons around you. Trust me, you see them; they all look saintish in church right now. God has put up with a lot. Especially the ones who have been saved long; those ones, they get away with robbery when they come on to God. You, you, you use a better term. Some of the things that God has put up with, you would not, and I would not. Come on, just, if you know that God has put up put up with a lot from you, just put up your hand. I mean, at this time, some of you need to put up all the two foot if possible. You understand me? I, I'm telling you. So if he puts up with our inconsistencies and our weaknesses, we should learn to put up with others' shortcomings. When you consider some of the stuff that God has put up with you, and then we turn around and reject people for those same things. The same thing that God has forgiven you for, you have rejected someone else for it. Have you ever rejected someone because they lie? Because they are dishonest? Because they use and abuse you? Then God says, listen, but, 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 those are your shortcomings. And the reason why, listen, the reason why you are seeing those things in others, is because I have sown a seed in you to release you from it. And so guess what? Now it's your time to sow the same seed in someone else's life. Whenever you feel tempted to judge another Christian, Christian, pause to remember how much God has forgiven you. You see, God is consistently gentle with you. And he wants you to be gentle with other believers. The more you recognize God's grace to you, the more gracious you will be. And I think that's the problem. Sometimes we don't, we don't, we don't get the grace of God. Because if, you, if we really get how gracious God to us, then oh my God, we will extend such grace others. Amen? Be accepting, not rejecting. Be understanding, not demanding. Number three, be tender without surrender. Be tender without surrender. What does that mean? When someone disagrees with you, be tender without surrender. And here's why because you will never be able to get along with everyone. You're going to meet people who like to argue and quarrel. Some people will contradict everything you say. They are but ministers. <laughs> no matter what you say, but. But. They are but ministers. Their ministry is in the butt. Don't laugh because you could be a butt minister as well. Just that you have not been ordained. But, but they always, they, they are going, no matter what you say, no matter how clear you make it, but they, they have to have something to say because they, they, they just can't agree. How should you respond to them? So first let me help you. One of the tests of spiritual maturity is how you handle people who disagree with you. Now, most of us have just can't bother with them. We just, we, we just don't deal with them at all because we don't bother share anything with them. We don't tell them anything because we can't bother with the negative energy. We can't bother with the bad vibes. And so we just, we just avoid them totally. We, we don't want to talk. You, 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 you know what I'm talking about. You were just high. They are, they are in our high and by groupings. High and by. That, that's it. What, what's going on? At high. What's going on? Buy. But how you handle people disagree with you is a test of your spiritual maturity. You see, some people have to devastate everyone who disagrees with them. There are people who will I mean if you disagree with them when they are done with you you don't want to disagree with nobody else. See if you challenge them or offer a comparison a complaint or criticism they respond with a full blown personal attack. Who are you is one of the first things they say. Who are you to disagree with me? You see, then what do you do? You have three alternatives. You can retreat, you can attack, or you can respond in gentleness. Most people choose retreating or attacking. Few know how to respond in gentleness. If you're given and retreat from argumentative people, you say, okay, have it your way. Peace at any price brings many hidden costs to any relationship. Want to hear that? Peace at any price brings many hidden costs to any relationship. We can't be the kind of people who retreat and say, have it your way. Have it your way. Because people are going to end up in in, in life-destroying situation. So we need to confront and confront in a gentle, spiritual way. There are some people who don't have no confrontation. It is ungodly. Peace doesn't mean no confrontation. And confrontation don't mean war. We confront an issue. Say that to me. We confront an We confront an issue. Why is that important? Because most people think like they're going to have a confrontation with me. No. The confrontation is about an issue. The problem is when we make the person the issue... And we have confrontation with each other and we still leave the issue unfixed. So when you have to confront, the first thing you need to do is identify the issue you need to deal with. And before you start, you say to the person, at the end of this, we're going to have a good relationship. So let's fight this issue together. But you cannot retreat. You cannot leave people to just do what they want. Because they can't bother with the argument. Jesus had to confront Peter and the rest of the disciples. Nathan had to confront David. Samuel had to confront Saul. It's throughout the scriptures. One of the problems we have in the church is that people think they are so gentle they don't confront. You're too coward. And you operate in fear so you don't confront when confrontation needs to take place. And so it destroys relationship. Because until the issue is dealt with, it is not dealt with. Are you hearing me this morning? Giving you practical tips to help you. On the other hand, if you attack, you take the offense and fight back when people oppose you. You see, attacking is usually a telltale sign that you feel insecure And threatened by someone's disapproval. So you don't retreat. And you don't need to attack. Anger is a warning light. That tells you that you're about to lose something. Often your self esteem. So when people attack their most common reaction. Is to become sarcastic and attack the other person's self worth. To make the, people, person, the person feel less than. I remember in, in, in high school, right? My teacher had a, a, a very good English teacher. Always, she always had these nuggets. And I, I've never forgotten them. And, and she always... You see, I've always felt that like I'm a good-looking person. So you, you, you cannot make me feel... About myself, you understand? I'm, listen, I'm so secure in God that even if all my, my teeth drop out, I'm still looking better than you. I'm, I'm telling you, don't, it don't matter. I'm just I'm I'm just made good looking. I, I can be nothing else but absolutely fabulous. That's me. I don't know about you. I know about me. But but there there are persons in the class who who. I always wonder why they allow, like somebody said to them, you see, you, you, you're ugly, what? and they'll they, they, they feel so bad, and, and, the, and the teacher would have to come and intervene. And I always wonder, they look so good, and in my eyes, they make somebody so ugly, tell them that they don't look good, and they take it on a ball. And I'm wondering, are, are these people crazy? But here's what Miss Monroe taught. She always said this, that people will always tell you, watch this, the ugly person wants to look better than you. So they try to make you uglier than they are. So when a person is trying to destroy your self-worth, it's because your own self-worth is worse than yours. And the only way they can feel good about themselves is to make you feel less about yourself. You can't let that happen. So there is retreating. There is attacking. The third alternative is responding in gentleness. It is the approach that God wants us to take to opposition. This kind of response requires a fine line between maintaining your right to an opinion while equally respecting another, another's right to his or her opinion. See, listen, we, we can vary an opinion. What we can't change on is truth. Amen? And sometimes you have to give up your right to keep the relationship. Let me say that to you again. Too often we, we rather keep our rights and lose the relationship. And sometimes it is good. You're going to have to give up your rights so you can have good relationship. It requires being tender without surrendering your conviction. In fact, the message Bible says it this way in in, um, Romans 14 verse 1. It says, welcome with open arms fellowship fellow believers who don't see things the way you do. And don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with. Even when it seems that they are strong on opinions, but weak in the faith department. Remember, they have their own history to deal with. Treat them gently. Proverbs 15 verse 1 says it this way. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I'm sure you have found that to be true in your experience. It has been true in mine. When someone asks a question, if you respond arrogantly, the questioner will probably challenge you. But if you respond quietly, the questioner will be more likely to be open to your answer. When you shout at people in a loud voice, they get very defensive. I'm learning this with my sons. Like, the best way to get them to respond right is to be gentle because when you shout, they shut down. And they begin to give because now when you shout, they start feeling fearful. So they start giving you butt and they start making all kind of excuses because now they are thinking, Oh my God, I've gotten into trouble. How do I get out of it? But when you are gentle, they are open. They begin to share so be gentle. James 3, 16 to 17. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there is this other and every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruit, unwavering without hypocrisy. James pinpoints the cause of quarrels and arguments. Selfishness, Wanting our own way and demanding that others agree with us. Listen, there are some people out there, if you don't agree with them, it's like the whole world is going to fall down. But James goes on to say that wise people are peaceful. Wise people are pure. Wise people are gentle. Wise people are friendly. And you know many people who are very intelligent. But they are also obnoxious. They know it all. They are not friendly. They are not peaceful or gentle. They go around trying to impress anyone with their knowledge. If you are truly a wise person, you are gentle. If you're wise, you're going to be a gentle person. I'm telling you. Gentleness. Is really the ability to disagree agreeably. And maybe you need to write this down somewhere. You know, gentleness is the ability to disagree agreeably. We agreeably disagree. Like the men, like sometimes when they see us after church, we we don't necessarily talk about the Bible talk about all different kind of things. And one of the the very interesting things that they will discuss is politics in America. And here's what. They are, every week when we have the discussion, it normally ends the same way. We agree to disagree. And then next week we come again and we raise up the same points and we leave and we go home and we say we agree to disagree. And then we come back next week And we have the same argument and then we say we agree to disagree. And then we will come back the next week and we say the same thing. We agree to disagree. But here's a good thing. The good thing is that we can come back in the same spirit. And there's no animosity between us. Even if we go over it a hundred times, we all get along. Because we deal with the issue. And it's not about the person. Amen? You can walk hand in hand with someone without seeing eye to eye. You can agree to disagree and still be agreeable. Uh, uh, writing to Timothy, in 2 Timothy 2, 24 to 25, Paul said, The Lord's bond servant must not be quarrelsome. If you're a servant of the Lord, you cannot be quarrelsome. You must be quarrel none. Amen? Don't be quarrelsome. Be quarrel. But be kind to all. Able to teach. Patient when wronged. With gentleness. You listen to this. With gentleness, correcting those. Who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant them repentance. Leading to the knowledge of the truth. Paul is saying that gentleness is a qualification for spiritual leadership. You and I are not to get involved in petty disagreements. And pointless conflicts as children of God so so far we have discussed three aspects of gentleness be understanding not demanding be accepting not rejecting and be tender without surrender you don't have to give up your convictions but you do need to be tender in the way you express them number four then is be teachable not unreachable be teachable not unreachable the gentle person is teachable when someone corrects you be teachable not unreachable james 1:19 says this so then my brethren my my brethren beloved let every man be swift to hear slow to speak slow to anger be swift to hear slow to speak slow to anger if you're quick to listen and slow to answer back you're going to be slow to lose your temper I'll tell you this. If you take time to answer, you'll respond better. Try it. You remember people used to say, count to ten? What I say is a bite? What I say is a bite? Ten times? What I say is to do ten times? You count to ten? Yeah, there's something that they used to say. Ten, ten deep breaths. That, that my, my breaths are so deep that that won't done for the day, right? But if we, if we just actually try that, to go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, I guarantee you our response would be different. I'm I'm just just, just I challenge you to try that this week. In fact I went you know what? Test somebody in the parking lot, don't test them in church. <laughs> I don't I don't want them go to church and tell, all right then you understand me. <laughs> but but just just try it. Next time someone says something to you that that you really don't like, count to ten. And I guarantee you your response will be different. If you want to be a gentle person, use your ears more than your mouth and be willing to accept correction. Come on, this is what I wanted, wanted to, to, to look at someone and just say. Just look at someone and say, if you want to be a gentle person, use your ears more than your mouth and be willing to accept correction. <laughs> Amen. In fact, one of the, the, the Greek words translated gentleness is sometimes translated uh, meek. I, I don't like that word because people tend to equate meekness with weakness. Yet Jesus called himself meek in Matthew 11 verse 29. And he certainly was not afraid of anyone. Moreover, Jesus said, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. The meek, Are the gentle will inherit the earth because they are God's kind of people. They are like Jesus. But I would say that those who are gentle, those who are meek, are teachable. They are not unreachable. The wisest people I know are the people who have a teach-me attitude. And you're willing to learn from others. You can learn from almost anyone. Uh, John Maxwell, in one of his books about... um, Great leaders ask good questions. I think the title is, one of the things he says is that when you meet someone who is great, right? You don't tell them stuff. What do you do? You ask them questions. It is what is in scripture. When the people met Jesus, they didn't teach Jesus. You know what they did? They didn't use their mouth, you know. They used their ears. When people came into contact with Jesus, they sat down and opened their ears. When we come into contact with great people, we sit down and we open my mouth. Hey, you know, what I'm my house that's up there, sir. Yeah, one of me by the blue car? Yeah, man me, work there, sir. Let me tell you something. You know, Lambert this is in Jamaica. You know where me I come from and, and stuff. Like, 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 like Bill Gates is sitting in front of you just use a name. And instead of asking him, how did you move from there to there? You start telling him how you move from here to here. Hey, he goes, oh, come on. And it's not like you share the gospel. Like you meet you saying, Bolt, hey, hey, Bolt, you know, I'm going to be a great athlete. I'm going to tell you, because remember, sports day. Listen, boys, sports I mean I tell you saying I'm mean, gonna get the button you send bolt as three persons in front of me now. I mean got some bolt, I'm gonna run past him, I show me not really chuck hey, I true, the athlete thing, I should I me mean, there some other things to deal with, you know. You understand me? That's why I'm mean, not really take up the athlete thing. But we know a bolt, I mean to take up the athlete, thing. I'm bigger than you the boat. You don't know you don't know what me. I'm I am mean? I, I, I bolt, I'm gonna be the bolt. That's that's what some of us would do. Instead of asking you send bolt. What made him so determined to be so successful so we could learn something to apply to our life? It is not the answers you give. It is the questions that you ask that will help you to learn. Amen? So use your ears more than your mouth. I know that that's very hard for some of us. But try. Finally, be proactive, not reactive. The apostle Peter recalled how Jesus acted at his trial before Pilate. He said, while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats. But kept entrusting himself... To him who judges righteously, First Peter 2 verse 23. When Jesus went on trial, he could have commanded all the angels in heaven to come down and rescue him in an instant, but Jesus endured the trial in silence. Who was really in control of that situation? Was Pilate, or was it Jesus? You see, the psychological dynamics of that confrontation are fascinating. Pilate was threatened by the simple fact that Jesus wouldn't speak up and defend himself. And that made Pilate nervous. Rather than react to Pilate, Jesus assumed control of the situation by choosing to remain silent. Because if Jesus riled up, that would fire up Pilate. So Jesus kept silent. And Pilate now started wonder. All of this, and he started wondering. You see, Jesus didn't need to react to Pilate's insult. Because he knew exactly who he was. The son of God. I always tell you, listen. I hear Jamaicans say this. Oh, no boy can't tell me about my mother. No boy can't tell me about this. Listen, it, it don't matter to me. Those things didn't matter to me when I was younger. Nothing that you say to me. If I think it is coming at me, I can't say it in the name of Jesus. But you can call me any name you want to call me. And if you are in football like I am, you'd learn that. So maybe you need to take a football team and go to Draxall and operate it. Because people call you all kind of names, you know. Ducky Pastor Boy, your side are dead today, you no know, Pastor. I'm, I'm telling you. Idiot Pastor. i kill you, I'll kill your side today, idiot Pastor Boy. Go from. Like, imagine if, you see, if I had to turn around and respond to all of that, I wouldn't have time to come to church on Sunday. Listen, some people, their only, all that is in their vocabulary is idiot boy. Hey boy, you know what? That's their vocabulary. And why am I going to turn around and respond to someone who has a limited vocabulary? Here's what happened. When I don't say nothing, you know what happened? They don't have nothing to say. Like, it's the strangest thing. Like, they're making all these noises and stuff and carrying on. And you don't respond to them. Just, psh, the silence becomes deafening. All they are looking for. Because here's the thing. A person who starts a conversation like that has more dirty things in their mouth than you. So you can't. Listen, you cannot. There are some people who, they practice cussing off people. They have learned the art of how to trace off people. So when they speak, you better not answer. You You know how soldiers bring their bullets to war? There are people who bring their little sayings and stuff for arguments to war. And they just walk on the road and look for somebody who's going to respond to them. To give them some new sayings and some stuff that they have in their back pocket. Don't let them practice on you. (laughs) <laughs> Be silent. <laughs> when someone hurts you are, you, are you reactive or proactive? Gentleness is the ability to handle hurt without retaliating. It is the ability to absorb the blow without striking back. You may say that is not easy to do. And you're right. It is almost impossible. To respond that way is not natural. It is Supernatural. It is the fruit of the spirit. You see, when someone stabs you in the back, when someone hurts you, what do you do? Do you pull out your big guns and react? Maybe you say, you make me so mad. When you say that you're admitting that someone else is controlling your emotions. You see, you're acknowledging acknowledging that you have given that person the power to determine your feelings and reactions. Remember this, no one can take that control from you you give it away the moment you start reacting so learn to be proactive and not reactive god's word tells us never pay back evil for evil to anyone it also says do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good that is the power of being proactive rather than reaction To retaliate is to react. To forgive is to be proactive. It is saying, I choose the way I respond. You are not going to determine how I respond. I choose the way how I respond. And I respond according to the spirit of God that is at work in me. Gentleness is strength under control. Choosing the way to respond to people. Proverbs 16.32 He who is slow to anger. Is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit. Is better than he who captures a city. Choose to rule your spirit. Don't let people control it. Every time you allow someone to make you mad. You have given them your emotions to do with it what they want. That's really what you're saying. You're saying to them, you control me so much emotionally that the moment you wanted me to mad, you turned on the remote to my emotions. Don't give people that power over your emotions. The person who can control his mood is strong. He's gentle. So if you take on gentleness, you'll have a more relaxed lifestyle. You'll become more adaptable more able to roll with the punches. So one reason many people experience emotional burnout is that they are not gentle. They are always demanding. They judge others. They always have to prove their point. They are unwilling to learn from others. They react to situation, going from one reaction to another. But God wants us to have healthy And happy lives. That is why he has told us. The fruit of the spirit. Is love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. Against such things. There is no law. Therefore let us strive to live. Out the fruit of the spirit. In our lives. Now we are at part eight. And listen. You cannot. It is going to be impossible To practice. To live out these things. These eight things we have done. And the one that is to come. If the spirit of God is not operating in your life. In other words. The only way you can consistently practice these things. Or these things be an outflow of your life. Is if the spirit of God is operating in you. And so this morning. If you're here, listen, if you're here this morning now you know, listen, I've listened to these things and I know deep down in my heart, I know that I need to be a whole lot better. I know something is amiss because I haven't been as gentle as I ought to be. I haven't been as loving as I ought to be. I haven't lived in the peace that I should be living in. I haven't been as patient as I should be. I know, I know that I'm saved. But there's an outworking of the Spirit of God that is not taking place. But this morning, you say, you know what? It's about to change. It's about to change. And there's going to be a constant, consistent flow of these things through my life. As the Spirit of God... Floods my life again. Filling me up. Covering me over. So if that's you this morning. You say pastor you know what. I know this applies to me. Yes I know that I'm saved. But deep down I know that these things aren't flowing out of my life. So something is amiss. I want to make that right this morning. Not just with gentleness, it could be with goodness and kindness, whatever it is. Something is amiss why these things are not flowing the way they ought to consistently in my life. If that's you this morning, I want you to stand to your feet. If you're at home watching online, I want you to stand where you are. I want to pray for you and we're going to lift our hands. And There's a song that says, I surrender. Um, Lord have your way, I surrender. And I want you to lift your hand because for the flow of the spirit to really come and engulf and feel and go through our lives, there, there needs to be a surrender. A surrendering to God. This is not for a show. This is, this is a, a, a inner desire. A spirit desire this morning to say, God, listen, something... Changes today. Today something changed. Something changes. On the inside of me. Today. And so we to lift your hands this morning. as Not because it makes you holier or holy. But because. You are surrendering. Your weaknesses. Your shortcomings. Your inconsistencies to God this morning. And that, that hand lifted up. Those hands lifted up in surrender. is also saying Lord God. Here I am lifting my hands wide open. Pour your spirit afresh on me. Flood my life and fill me through and through. I want to be gentle. I want to be loving. I want to be peaceful. I want to be patient. I want to be good. I want to be kind. Fill and flood my life, God. Come on, just begin to whisper to him and say, Lord, I surrender to you. I surrender to you. Come on, just speak to him and say, Lord, I surrender to you. I surrender my weaknesses. I surrender my inconsistencies. I surrender my shortcomings, Lord God. Every gap in my life, Lord, I give to you. Fill the gap. Fill the spaces. Fill the void in Jesus name, Lord I surrender, hallelujah then say to him, spirit of the living God flood me, fill me, refresh me come in me, come alive again God tell him to work in you and to work through you come and just say Lord everything, everything that he the spirit work in me God Almighty remove it now in the name of Jesus every hindering thing be moved in Jesus name every hindering attitude, every hindering thought be moved in Jesus name, every hindering thing physically, every hindering thing naturally be moved in Jesus name hallelujah come on begin to confess that God I'm a gent. I declare that by the spirit of God I'm a gentle person I declare by the spirit of God that I'm a patient person I declare by the spirit of God that I'm a loving person person i declare by the spirit of god that i'm a kind person i declare by the spirit of god that i'm a good person i declare by the spirit of god that i live in the peace of god i declare by the spirit of god that there's self-control all over my life come on speak it into your life Come on, just say, I denounce every contrary thing this morning in the name of Jesus. Everything that is contrary to the Spirit of God, I I denounce it in Jesus' name. Come on, just say, I denounce carnality. I denounce immorality in Jesus' name. yes Lord like a rushing wind come on just say Lord have your way Lord have your way have your way in me come on say Lord have your way